0: This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host, and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. Alrighty, Olivia, how you doing?
1: I'm pretty good, George. How are you?
0: Well, I'm excited. We finally get to talk about the nonprofit technology conference that was in New Orleans that we both attended and I think we remember most.
1: Uh, I remember all that the Sazeracs didn't black out, which is most of the important stuff, the stuff I want to remember. That's
0: great. Uh, Just to recap though, we're talking about the n10.org, the annual conference for nonprofit technology, NTC, uh, 18NTC uh, was the hashtag and that was on uh, April 10th of 2018 and uh it was awesome uh actually no it was was it no it was launching when did this launch uh no it was april 11th through 13th
1: april 11th through 13th uh dovetailing very nicely with mark zuckerberg's testimony before congress
0: Okay, so let's add some structure here as we wander through. Uh, The Nonprofit Technology Conference, as an overview, Uh, Olivia, this was your first time there. What was your impression of it?
1: Yeah, my impression of NTC, first of all, I mean, the panel on A-B testing that we went to was fantastic. Uh, The person that was presenting with Wikimedia Foundation was just terrific. And in addition to that, the sort of 30,000-foot view of not just where we are in terms of technology, but technology as it applies to nonprofits. I have different views of other conferences that we've been to recently, like South by Southwest or Our Common Future. And this really took a lot of many of those leanings from either technology and impact or nonprofits an impact and brought the two together in a way that it felt like a lot of nonprofits use this as a chance to take a breather from the day-to-day work and see where the larger state of affairs is going for uh, the sector and for how they can apply that to their own organization.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because you're, you're juxtaposing this with your experience at South By, and, you know, we went to, to Strata, which is a very data-heavy conference. For me, you know, I've gone uh, pretty much for the past decade to this conference. I think it's an interesting blend of nonprofit technology geeks, of inspiring stories, and then, as you said, a, a real chance to be among friends, be among people that are working uh, alongside great causes with limited resources, <laughs> Challenged with uh, leveraging uh, data and technology. So, you know, I hope you had a good time because we're going to keep going back there. The other piece that I always love seeing is the way that uh, the the head of uh, N10, Amy Sample Ward, really makes it uh, feel like a community. There's 2,000 people in the audience and it feels like uh, we're speaking with our best friends when she's on the stage. Uh, So, uh, that That is my sort of love letter to, to this conference.
1: Yeah, I really appreciated that this was, I think, the first year they mentioned that they were having pronouns as part of our conference badges and the affinity tables they have for lunch. You really start to, not even start to, you immediately find your people at this conference. That was fantastic
0: yeah the uh the transgender yeah. all bathrooms being transgender bathrooms really threw some people uh it was fantastic actually um they're, I always, think they're always pushing us
1: yeah
0: all righty so let's go through some of the the topics and themes you you came up with and do you, let's wander back into the fact that yes mark zuckerberg was in uh you know is in congress mode and that changed a lot of people's decks. Can you actually talk about really quickly the uh, the digital advertising, uh, the digital advertising session you went to, where there was some grief given, but also interesting points of view shared on like what's possible now with digital advertising?
1: Yes. I think you mean the social listening tools uh, session I went to where there was a pretty stark conversation, an honest conversation about how, and I'll preface this by saying that Cambridge Analytica and Facebook came up in just about every panel I sat in on since I tend to lean more towards social media strategy and content strategy. And I think one of the important takeaways from that is that There were no answers that people came up with at NTC, but it is something to constantly be looking at. And I saw a few different opinions coming out of the, not only the news around Facebook, but the changes that they were making to the API based on that news. And there are some optimists who believe that with this bout of bad press towards Facebook, that they are only going to up their commitment to the nonprofits that are currently using Facebook as a fundraising platform. It's the only major fundraising platform at the moment. That's not charging a fee for processing donations. A hundred percent of the donations are free, which may or may not be a huge disruption to online giving trends. And it's also a platform that is trying to leverage its, 450 million users connected to nonprofit pages as part of its image rehabilitation. So they are pushing to keep people on site, which means that the donations work really well. And at the same time, they're trying to also show that they are committed to creating a community of people trying to better the world. Whether or not we are going to see that image sustain and the buy-in that Facebook has towards that sustain is another question, but I think one of the takeaways from that is smoke them while you got them, you know, max out your Facebook donation strategy, work with your organization to mobilize your fans and users, enable your potential fundraisers, thank your donors, and, In tandem with that, also knowing how we can learn more about our cause verticals and our users through social listening, which gets back to the more heated discussion that was had around different ways that we can be getting calculated demographics about our constituents or about people interacting with causes that matter to us.
0: And I think that moves, interestingly, into, yes, we can aggregate data. Yes, we can listen on social. We have more access to more tools that do more creepy things than ever before. There was definite conversation about the backlash there. You know, the whole idea of, you know, hashtag delete Facebook and, like, oh, nobody's on Facebook anymore is a complete joke. It's a complete joke because during this entire period of time, Facebook overall users grew by 4%. No one's in mass deleting this tool so there's this you know push me pull you on oh we should take a stand and delete everything we have on facebook because they're they're uh you know not not good actors in the space and frankly uh you can stand on principle or you can stand on getting the job done for your organization and your organization's mission and so you know i think the tide that i saw there was acknowledge what's going on disclose it in your privacy disclose it to your users Follow the best practices for GDPR, as we'll get to. Uh, but don't don't turn your back on a on a on a tool this powerful. Um, though you know, I in the ideal case scenario, in the ideal world, which nobody lives in, you know, we could just flip a switch and be like, all right, I'm going to use uh, not Facebook, and get the same impact for my audience. So I don't know if you felt the same way.
1: Well, first of all, I live in my ideal world, George. Um, <laughs> Great. But I think that actually dovetails really nicely, too, with, again, that fantastic AB testing session we attended. such a goofball.
0: All right, fine. For those of you confused why we're pushing the AB testing, uh, our very, very awesome design whaler, Anwen, was able to present with the Wikimedia Foundation on AB testing. I have to say, Wikimedia, which obviously is the foundation behind Wikipedia, they have their stuff together. Uh, I was impressed Maybe. by their work. We offered the, the sort of theory wrapping and approach, but they, they, I mean, they're in there testing every single pop-up. I mean, the, the fundraising efforts there, um, I, you know, go up to like literally, I think the key was when they said they really got serious about A-B testing, they went from raising $52 million uh, a year, and that was in 2013 to 2014, to $75 million in 2014 to 2015. They are uh, uh, fiendishly clever. Uh, in terms of doing this. But, you know, not all organizations can operate at at, at that size, but it it matters.
1: Yes. And I think A-B testing is something that's very easily scalable. And when we're talking about something like Facebook, where we are so saturated, especially with how content is curated for us based on the algorithms driving social media and our media consumption, it's good to take your head, pick it up. And say, okay, rather than going on the people are saying feeling or the gut feeling that I'm having, let's actually test this out and see if the data lean toward a very specific direction. Wikimedia saw this with their email strategy, where they're actually sending far fewer emails than any best practice would dictate because that's what works for them based on the numbers.
0: Yeah. And it's a very much check with your doctor. Results may vary uh, because it's always context relevant because if you know you're sitting in on you know an environmental organization like an environmental defense fund and pieces like that i mean they live and die by the email they're sending multiple Mm -hmm. emails uh, at any given point in appeals so you know i think especially when you can go to a conference like this and go from room to room see hear and understand different approaches for different causes different teams different audiences you begin to Uh, be able to see the world from more of that consultant view, and we'll put that on the shelf as a statement, but the view is saying, how do I get out of my tiny little box, I'm sitting in my office, I can see four walls and a ceiling, and nothing beyond that. This gives you this sort of ability to wander through, see actual data, case studies, you know, IRL, and then say, how does this compare to what we're doing? And that's the kind of stuff that I don't think you get unless you're you're in in these rooms, in these conversations.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, even just the question and answer portions of some of these panels was just as illuminating as the panels and sessions themselves.
0: So moving on, other big topics that uh, we that we were bumping into. As we mentioned before, GDPR, we're going to be talking a lot more uh, about that, the General Data Protection Regulation, coming uh, May 25th, 2018. Mark your calendars, kids. Uh, but more about how that relates to your data warehousing and tracking and auditing of what you have and where it is. Uh, there's no shortage of solutions uh, out there, uh, no shortage of, uh, of ways of, of using the data, and you saw that certainly uh, with the number of vendors that were at, um, that were at, at N10, which I'll get to later, uh, but talking about the teams that you need, I think it was really fun. Uh, I know, Olivia, you saw some of this as well, uh, but you know, it's one thing to talk about, hey, if you only if you had this tool, but they were also talking about the way you break down uh, a digital team uh, from an organizational standpoint. Uh, what, what pieces did you walk away with uh, with regard to the management of this, Olivia?
1: Well, one of the best examples I can think of for that was the final session I attended at the conference, which was presented by PBS and Atlantic 57, which is part of Atlantic Media, aka The Atlantic Magazine. And they looked at, and for me this was obviously kind of right up my alley as a former journalist now working in digital media. The idea of how to take the lessons we get from a newsroom and how they're creating content and building communities and mapping that onto nonprofits and what struck out most for me was that on a traditional media team, you would generally see 30% of time and resources going to planning content, 50% into the creation of that content, 15% into distributing content, and 5% resurfacing content. So you basically have a very front-loaded, where are reporting, we're writing, and then we distribute it. Maybe it comes up once a year on the anniversary of whatever event we're covering or on the holiday, and that's it. What we now see in a modern media team, because we have so many opportunities to redistribute content because only, I think, I remember from the MNR benchmarks last year, 8% organic reach for Facebook posts. I think we're now seeing that going down to 7%. If we're not boosting our posts, that means that we should be putting way more time into distribution and resurfacing. And because of that, it actually evens out the workload. So if we look at it at 50-50, half of it into planning and creation with a 20-30 breakdown, and then a 30-20 breakdown of distribution and resurfacing, all of a sudden, we're looking at this really beautiful bell curve rather than a tidal wave. And it really can cause, they saw a seismic shift with how this worked um, when Atlantic 57 was consulting for PBS. And it strengthened their sentiment analysis. So it's not just about the content or the time to create the content, but It has such repercussions for, and positive repercussions for sentiment analysis, for having analytics be more targeted and detailed and meaningful, and having a core team that is dedicated to not just creating content, but using content to create a community, prioritizing audience interests hiring and creating with outcomes in mind and building teams for engagement versus promotion. But I want to hear from you, George, about uh, about some of the GDPR learnings you took away because you and I had, I think, some fairly different NTC experiences.
0: You know, I think I got to save GDPR for a whole nother basket of, basket of biscuits um, because there are so many different elements to it, but – uh, the ultimate pieces are come back to auditing, come back to you know as you choose a tool, understand the the policies behind it, and you know it's it's going to affect different people in different ways. Especially if you're targeting uh, EU uh, EU citizens for sure, but inevitably if you have a website and any traffic comes from one of those countries, you uh, you in some ways are, are, are needing to be in alignment with GDPR and uh, bigger picture. You know the the pendulum is swinging back. Uh, we uh, we do have spoiler alert. We have a course coming out very shortly, as well as a mega, we'll say mega resource uh, around that. So it'll be comprised in there. I think that glazes people over, though. You know, when uh, when I look at the, the the data data different types of models, it was interesting for me to sit in and look at diagrams of how people are choosing their technology solutions. And the different thoughts and opinions on, oh, just use this tool, just use this tool. Cause there's like literally a billion vendors in there. They're like, finally, a CRM to connect all of the things. Finally, a donation platform to connect all of the things. The only thing I'll tell you for sure is that no thing connects all of the things in the way that you want that thing to connect things in. Is that, is that it's pretty basically good like
1: sense? Yeah, it's basically like that scene in Elf where Will Ferrell runs into a diner that has the neon sign that says best coffee and gets so excited and congratulates them all.
0: Uh, Yeah, Uh, I think in terms of making making sense, you know, the the right way forward in general tends not to be the 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 magical all in one solution. Uh, And then the antithesis of that is going with the the best of breed and just saying, like, all right, we're just going to get these completely disparate systems, and they're going to live in little islands and silos. That's obviously not ideal as well because you don't get the benefits of aggregated information. So, you know, where – the smarter consultants I saw in here, where we're pushing people, uh, isn't thinking about a tech ecosystem where you can use APIs, where you can use automated integrations as best as possible to connect those silos, choosing tools that work with other tools rather than uh, existing uh, as an island in and of in and of itself. So you know, as you make those decisions, that's that's where I saw the the smarter thinking going toward building a tech ecosystem around your CRM that connects. Uh, The different components of fundraising, of sending emails, uh, uh, and these other, other components that you need.
1: Yeah, this goes back to one of my core beliefs that your tech is a bridge to cross the chasm. It's not the other side of the chasm. It's not the solution. And it's something that can help with the ecosystem. But if your ecosystem is entirely dependent on the platform, then you are building your ecosystem. It's a sandcastle.
0: Sandcastle, as in not a fun thing to do on the beach?
1: Very fun thing to do on the beach. Not necessarily the most stable infrastructure if you plan on moving into your sandcastle.
0: Fair enough. You know, I think also when I look around uh, the vendors and at, at NTC, I'm always struck by the aggressive overlap of what, you know, of what their services provide. Uh, There were some, like, really cool standouts uh, around uh, data analytics and searching around uh, political officials. Uh, One -hmm. one tool that I really liked was Quorum. Uh, So if you're doing any sort of advocacy work, they seem to have the largest, creepiest, and most accessible uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) breakdown of not only, like, language by bills in the House, but tweets from uh elected officials and their comments to see uh if the topic you're talking about is uh is in fact on on their mind in their writing um i thought that was i thought that was pretty cool uh any uh, cool tools out of out of your belt olivia
1: i mean you stole mine to be fair but really uh, you
0: liked quorum too yeah oh,
1: i awesome. did they really they had they They had my local representative on a on a baseball card. it was It was really exciting, and I think that it's a great way of actually taking some of these technologies that people say are creepy and way too far and using them towards making us a more informed public about something that we really have a lot of ways to go on in terms so of figuring it out.
0: On the creepy side, uh, ghostery. Will actually help you understand what's going on with uh, the cookies that are being tossed onto your uh, onto your browsing experience. So if you uh, want to to see who's 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 creeping on your on your stuff, that's that's one. And we'll be putting all of these, <laughs> in case you're worried, in the show notes. Uh, this is episode ninety one point five, FM, or AM.
1: <laughs> oh, I say I say AM. Come on, oh, let's take I'm it. Just,
0: this is of course your AM. I love it though. All right, 90, it is actually episode 90, 91.5. Uh, all right, Olivia, as we move toward toward wrapping up, uh, what other things really stuck with you uh, coming out of NTC that you want to cover?
1: I think to your point about vendors and tools and the overall discussion, the other side that came up time and again was the accessibility And knowing that your website is not only responsive and looks good, looks good on a phone, looks good on your laptop, but also appeals to people that we may not take into consideration because of our curse of knowledge. And when we are designing websites, are we designing them for people with astigmatism, with dyslexia, with blurred vision or colorblindness, um, and there are a lot of great conversations being had around that. There are a lot of great tools that are coming up around that to help people make more informed decisions, and as we try and reach new audiences, let's make sure we're meeting them on their level.
0: Yeah. The Oh, cool conversation when I was wandering around. Uh, the Google AdWords grant team was there, the Google Ad Grants team, I should say. Uh, was in attendance. They had a booth, and it was amazing because uh, they are... A small elite team that run the uh, ad grant 10K a month in kind search ads to drive traffic and value to your site recently came out with a lot of changes that we have been talking about. And we actually interviewed uh, the head of, of the program and wrote an awesome article, which will be in the show notes, so you can learn exactly what's going on with all of those changes uh, to you know basically the 35,000 nonprofits that are on the platform uh, and, you know, if, if you understand the words I am saying, you're going to want to read that article. If not, you can glaze right over it. Uh, my other final take-home, uh, not to end on a negative, but on a potential area for growth, is that if the new ideas, if the vendors being attracted to this pool continue just to push yet another fundraising tool, yet another CRM, and yet another way to spend a ton of money to redesign your site, I think we're going to continue to be caught on this, like, hamster wheel. This hamster wheel of thinking that that's how technology should be used. And instead, if you go to, a, you know, a Strata or a South By, you're, you're exploring ways that VR is being used. You're exploring ways that machine learning uh, can actually help move, uh, move the needle. Like right? what Google sends, right? They send the ad grants team, which is awesome, which is awesome. But they send the machine learning team and the Google, Google Cloud work uh, to, to Strata. That's where the industry is going, and you just don't see that that next level making its way into uh, the content and the vendor network yet at uh, at NTC. So that's a that's a quiet hope, you know, that you see more uh, like an Optimizely showing up and being like, you know what, I bet nonprofits need to run run tests. I bet you know, yeah, all right, that's my that's my my mini rant for you.
1: Yeah, the world already has its best cup of coffee. What what can you be doing that's not just recreating the same cup of coffee to take it back to Elf?
0: I, I think all things do come back to Elf. Uh, it's a it's a beautiful movie in its simplicity.
1: We need more Will barrels.
0: Yeah, we do. Our next conferences uh, are always shared uh, inside of. Our events page of webinars that we're running. Um, anything that you're excited about on the conference, uh, the conference menu, Olivia?
1: Well, I have to say uh, we are recording this on May 4th, which, in addition oh, to boy. being Star Wars Day, is uh, the Create Good Conference where our very own Whaler Jasmine Cordue is speaking on Facebook advertising and. Preliminary reports from social media is that she crushed it. So I'm really excited to see (laughs) out of that.
0: Uh, Okay. Potentially uh, another podcast coming your way. Uh, All right. Those are all the words I wanted to share with the humans.
1: I I got nothing else.
0: Okay. May the fourth be with you.
1: Oh, boy. Okay. I'm hanging up now.
0: This has been using the whole whale for more resources on today's show. Please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at whole whale. And thanks for joining us.
2: All right. Day three of NTC and my voice is, well, you can hear it. So thank God I don't have to do a full podcast. Uh, Olivia, thoughts on, so far, how it's gone?
1: Uh, well, first of all, I'll say that I'm also feeling my NPR voice a little bit right now with uh, day three. Uh, I think it's gone incredibly well.
2: Um, while we're standing in a large, large conference room, and people are shutting down their booths, a lot of vendors. Uh, and New Orleans has been an awesome place to be. I'll say fantastic food, no tacos.
1: Uh, they did have tacos on the first day uh, for lunch, George. Did you, did you yes. not get your taco then?
2: Well, I tried to go one podcast without a taco, but so it goes. Uh, there were definitely booths from the Google AdWords grants, which we have updates on, which is really exciting that they showed up. And we're talking and being super open about things. Uh, Microsoft and Blackbot, as always, the the staples. As you expect said. to see.
1: CrowdRise Southern Poverty Law Center had a booth here because they are hiring all of the jobs. If you want to make a difference, go check out Southern Poverty Law Center. They're hiring jobs in Atlanta and Mobile, Alabama.
2: All right. Well, we'll leave it off for now. But good conference. Talk
1: to you later, Olivia. I need to go sleep for 24 hours. I'll talk to you after that.